Jesus is enough. Welcome to Grace Walk Radio. I'm your host, Eric Lewandowski, joined as always, sometimes, but definitely now, <laughs> Caleb Berg. Howdy. How's my howdy friend? <laughs> I'm doing well, always, but especially right now. <laughs> I'm doing... <laughs> I'm doing really what was that quote 60% of the time it works 90% of the time uh, math is not our specialty sorry little, <laughs> little anchorman little reference there um, not that I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually have only seen one of one of those I mean, maybe I've seen two but there's definitely some uh, parental guidance moments me. there but Anywho, um, hey, let's go to our quote of the day from Martin Luther. God doesn't love us because of our worth. We are of worth because God loves us. Isn't it good to know that God's love for you and me doesn't start with us? Hmm. We love him because he first loved us. Our love for him, our faith in him, is simply a response to what he's done for us and his love for us. And that, that's freedom, because that means on my worst day, um, I can't undo what he did yeah. independent of my doing. <laughs> and uh, and that, that's true freedom, you know, that we wake up loved in Christ, and then we can, we can live lives of gratitude and worship from that place of security and that place of confidence, which really is what the whole book of Galatians is about. Martin Luther actually called this book The Charter of Christian Liberty. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful, and at times very strong, which we're going to see in today's text, uh, book about walking in the liberty of the gospel, living under grace. And, you know, one of the big messages of Paul in this book is you're either under law or you're under Mm -hmm. grace. There's no middle ground. And that these false teachers that had come in that said, just start adding, start adding the faith in Christ for your righteousness. Paul says, it's not the gospel anymore. So here we are now in Galatians 5, and we're going to be in verses 7 through 12. You were running well, who hindered you from obeying the truth. This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. <laughs> this text brings up so many thoughts, but can we just start with that last verse and get that out of the way? <laughs> can, can, can I get that tattooed on me? <laughs> yes, you can. It's, it's the Bible. It's, it's true. It's inspired. It's inspired. It does show you something about the uh, holy, righteous indignance. Is that a word, indignance? Close enough. Yeah, you guys know what I mean. Um, that that can come into the heart of someone who believes the gospel when you see the gospel threatened and, yeah. and when you see someone claiming that you know, you're justified before God another way. Mm-hmm. It undermines the cross. It destroys the message of the cross. It mocks God's plan for salvation and, and, it, and it's self-salvation and human arrogance. And so all those things are rising up in Paul's heart and, he's, yeah. and he writes something <laughs> like I'd write. <laughs> I wish they'd go the whole way and emasculate themselves. This is not a guy making like these, you know, didactic, academic, theological assertions. Yeah. This is an angry dad mm-hmm. who sees wolves attacking his kids. Yep. And he's like, get off my kid. 
you know, and and he's. I mean, throughout this book, you know, there's this strong language, but this is certainly <laughs> some of the strongest evidence of that. Yeah. Um, and he says, uh, he says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? More evidence, Caleb, that you can start well mm-hmm. and stumble yeah. back into legalism, back under law. And I think it's also evidence of this idea that you can enter the door of salvation you know, theologically grasping salvation by grace uh, through faith, mm-hmm. and then along the journey, you know, never let go of that, that I'm saved by grace through faith, but in your sanctification, stop running well. Yeah. And, um, and I think this is evidence of that. This is a church that Paul had taught the gospel. Christ was clearly portrayed before them as crucified. Mm-hmm. They saw the, the, the crucified Christ, and, you know, like he was literally like he was crucified at the front of their church as Paul spoke. And then they, and then they slipped, because the gospel is slippery. I think we see this yeah. all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, it's it's easy to read something like this and and you know think about somebody else, you know, as having done something like this. But you know, to look inward, um, I I know how easy it is for myself to slip into legalism. You know, I know how easy it is to to lose sight of the gospel in things. Uh, it happens because we're just prone to these things. We're prone to wander. We're prone to struggle. We're prone to prone give to into wander, the... Lord, I There's a song about that. Prone to leave the God I love. <laughs> and and we're, we give in to the flesh that's with us, right? And, and that's how we stumble probably the most often as believers, is to believe in addition, it, it's mm-hmm. got to be Jesus plus, mm-hmm. and you know that's what Paul is dealing with—a a church that started as any other church does by faith and grace, mm-hmm. and fumbled. Mm-hmm. Yep, and and coming under this false teaching, they they stopped running well. We talked about um, in our last, or maybe I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago, what it means to you know this idea of falling away from the way of grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stopped running well. And, um, and and I think, how does that happen? I think when we lose sight of the fact that our sanctification is built on our justification. In other words, we need to go back to our justification every day in order to have the right biblical and gospel-authorized motives to do good works and to obey God. Yes, we should obey God. Yes, we should obey His commands. Yes, we should seek to live godly uh, lives. But... If it's not motivated, mm-hmm. if our obedience isn't motivated by grace through faith, then that is that is not authorized. That is not commendable. It's it, it's damnable. And so, really, what you you might say it like this: the gospel is not opposed to obedience and, and doesn't try to discard obedience. The gospel seeks to discard bad motives that might drive your mm-hmm. obedience because the people that killed Jesus and who knew nothing of salvation by grace through faith were very obedient. Yeah. Um, but it, it was the reasons for which they were obeying that were damnable and that ultimately left them likely out of the kingdom of God. Yeah. So how does that happen? And I think, I think we need to understand this. To be gospel-centered and we use that phrase all the time here at Grace Life and the movement we're in Acts 29 and a lot of you know, kind of young, restless, and reform movements <laughs> will use that phrase, gospel-centered. What does it mean? It means 
that the standard by which God accepts you, empowers you, changes you, gives you favor, never, ever shifts from Christ's work to yours. The minute that you think the standard shifts from Christ's work to yours is the minute you stop running well. Yeah. And your motives begin to be contaminated by fear, pride, you know, uh, moralism, legalism, self-righteousness. And, and, and that's where I think that happens. Yeah, definitely. You know, <clears throat> in thinking about these things, you know, you can't help but think about some of the movements that are out there or some of the other um, popular preaching that, that gets passed off as, as Christian gospel. Um, and it's, it's sad because you look at it and often what is the motivation uh, is anything but the gospel. The motivation is often um, fear, the motive, I mean, I, I can think of churches like in holiness movements and in, you know, various degrees of that. I'm not picking on anyone in particular, but just um, it's fear. You know, if if you're doing this, God won't accept you. Mm-hmm. If you're doing, you know, something as uh, we, we would look at as silly, but like something like wearing makeup. Mm-hmm. If you're wearing makeup, then the devil's in you. Mm-hmm. Like, how ludicrous is that? Yeah. You know, but that is the bondage that people often find themselves in because of that motivation. And um, it, it almost sometimes when people hear the gospel, it almost comes off as scandalous because we've re- we're removing all of those little extras and we're just saying simply that it's the finished work of Christ. And And there's this natural reaction where they're like, but what about this? What about going to movies like mm. well obviously that's not good so i shouldn't do that mm-hmm. you know and, and that is where maybe it crosses over to sanctification and not necessarily justification but um you know some people even take it to that level of it affects your justification but you know we we look at all these other things and and we have that natural inclination to to add to it and it, it's scandalous to hear that it's simply the grace of god mm. because of what jesus did on the cross yeah i mean a hundred years ago it was uh Christians shouldn't go to theaters and prize fights. Yeah. You know? And now, you know, I got a lot of Christian friends who watch <laughs> UFC fights and, you know, comment about it on Twitter. And it, it's just it, the, the, external, uh, the external standard of righteousness was different 100 yeah. years. And it was probably different 100 years before that. But I think that's the point. Um, what legalism does, what false gospels do, is it reduces righteousness to an external Mm-hmm. And it's an external that is the preference of the particular leader yeah. of that church or the movement that you're in. Um, and uh, it's just picking on the religious. I mean, the, the irreligious are the worst mm-hmm. legalists there are. M- my politics or racism is fundamentally legalist. Why? Because it reduces righteousness and hierarchy to an external as silly as a skin color. And it mm-hmm. says, I'm better than you because of my ethnicity. I'm better than you because of my skin color. That is fundamentally legalism. Yeah. You know, I'm exalted above another person because of an external. When the gospel says, no, 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 no. Your standing with God is based on one thing and one thing alone, Christ. Yeah. And, you know, we butchered the solos a few weeks ago, but (laughs) (laughs) saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone as revealed in Scripture alone. And so I think one of the things that, you know, this gets to here is it says, a little leaven leavens 
the whole lump. I mean, that that almost sounds funny and redundant. Like, it's almost too obvious. It's almost like, mm-hmm. hey, stupid, leaven leavens. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like, fire burns. Mm-hmm. Hot is hot. Like, it's almost repetitive, but it's obvious. And I think one of the messages here is legalism must fail. Yeah. It fundamentally, by nature, is sowing something that is as obvious as leaven, that leavens bread. Legalism creates this spiritual death. And actually, we're not going to get into it right now, but we're we're only verses away from the deeds of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, which the argument Paul's making is, if you're under a false gospel, it will produce. The leaven will produce the deeds of the flesh. So legalism is inevitable sound like uh, Thanos here. <laughs> inevitable. It is inevitable. Legalism, inevitably, it must fail. And you know, if you look at yeah. my testimony, Caleb, I, I, you know, I was just sharing it yesterday with a group of pastors we met with in the Reformation Society that we have here. Um, and, and I was just saying, you know, they, they, they were asking me, how did you get into church planting? How did you kind of move to the Reformed theological position? And, and I talked about how I went through depression and anxiety and how it was in that that my legalism had to fail. Yeah. It was the only place it could take me, eventually, and that that was the, the doorway to discovering God's grace. Amen. You know, in thinking about that, uh, I'm reminded that it's the law that basically stirs up sin. Hmm. You know, why, why would we be surprised that the fruit of this, you know, as we're going to see in a few verses, are the works of the flesh? Hmm. The word tells us that the law stirs up sin. Mm-hmm. So um, you want you want to make sure that your kids never never sin. Well, the law is not going to do that for you, right? You know, if you want to guarantee they are going to sin, give them the law, right? See what happens. That's one of the reasons God gave the law. Yeah, you know, and that that, that even that sounds scandalous. You know, yeah. <laughs> as I'm saying it, it sounds scandalous. Yeah, but it's to show us our inability, and and how much we need Christ to save us. Well, and the, and the message here, though, too, Caleb, to, to go back even to your family illustration, is legalism doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It's been tried. It's been tested uh, long before we ever had, um, you know, kind of the modern back to the earth homeschool movement come along. And there's a lot of beauty and good in that. Sure. Okay, I mean, we my, my wife and I uh, homeschool our kids through seventh grade. So I'm not criticizing a whole movement here. But there is, there's minds in that field. Yeah. And, you know, I think the idea that, that I saw often was if you just give your kids the law, right? Keep, keep them from the bad stuff mm-hmm. and the big bad culture and sort of this escapist mentality where you just get away from the world and no TV and, you know, no interacting with culture at all, no secular music. And some of that is... There's wisdom, right, that we need to apply as parents. But I think there is also this, uh, I'm going to, you know, raise a Christian kid code. I cracked it. And if you could just keep your kids away from the big bad stuff, then they're going to turn out good. You're going to spit out this beautiful, you know, passionate Christian at 18 years old. And then parents are often shocked when their kid runs to sin or runs to deception or runs to, uh, it's, it's awful. I mean, just... Just recently, I was, I was talking to a friend, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm in saying this, I'm not accusing him of, sure, of, of, yeah, yeah. but just the pain of seeing a kid wander toward the spirit of the age and mm-hmm. and liberalism and progressivism and all that all that that 
garbage and 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 evil and wickedness. Um, our kids need what what our kids need is not over sheltering. They need salvation by grace through faith. Yeah. And so uh, this is for our family. You know, we've chosen moderation when it comes to culture. And I've talked about this before. And yeah, I don't want to yeah. make this a parental thing here, but. Um, you know, a whole podcast about that, except just to say our theology on understanding what it means to be under grace and where our righteousness is truly achieved in Christ has helped us to allow our kids to interact with culture in a way that helps them to understand the times, helps us to sanctify culture in a way that we can make it useful for the gospel or even for their enjoyment and let that roll up into worship as long as it's not something that is we ought to reject and is inherently mm-hmm. wicked. Um, and it's been it's been really helpful and, and really I think it's been a, a, a great – I've been grateful for the culture of our home in that way and we've made mistakes and we've had to yeah. pull back and, and all that. But um, yeah, legalism doesn't work. Right. So that's my point is that what our kids need is to learn the gospel and how to apply it to their hearts and how to live under grace. Amen. Um, I guess I'll just make one more thought. One more thought here, and it's actually going to be one of my main thoughts. But <laughs> I'll just I'll just say this. He says this persuasion. This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. Can we just come to terms with the fact that legalism, false gospels are pretty persuasive. They're they're mm-hmm. attractive. Like to be persuasive means it catches your attention and it makes you go, yeah. oh, there's there's something good in that. So. Don't think that that false gospels are going to come and be immediately obvious and, right. and you're going to be repulsed by them. You might actually be attracted to it because something in your flesh is drawn to it. It's persuasive. These false teachers that came in were persuading Christians away from grace, away from the gospel because it was attractive and they were drawn to it. So um, we need to be careful as we interact with Christian culture and books and radio programs and podcasts, including this one. Um, we need to analyze everything according to the gospel and see it through the gospel and remember that Satan's pretty persuasive. Yeah. And um, and yet the gospel calls us to remember Christ. And how does it say in 1 Corinthians 13? As of first importance, I deliver to you that yeah. which I received, that Jesus Christ was crucified in accordance with the scriptures to bring us back to the simplicity of Christ. Man and legalism make it complex mm-hmm. and make it elitist and make it special knowledge and add the gospel doesn't yeah. do that. The apostles didn't do that. Jesus didn't do that. He calls us to himself. So, Amen. Any, any final thoughts, Caleb? No, I think we covered it. This episode and this podcast is brought to you by That Vacation Company. For all your vacation needs, check out at That Vacation Co. on Instagram or Twitter and also their podcast. Uh, what's the handle on the podcast? Uh, same thing, That Vacation Co. That vacation Co. Yep. Okay, so thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember, Jesus is enough. <laughs>